Welcome back to Weekly Call with Jose Dejaro from the New York Stock Exchange. The past trading week featured sideways action in the major averages as the S&P 500 shed around one-tenth of a percent, while the Dow Jones Industrial Average outperformed, going up around four-tenths of a percent. Small caps saw relative weakness with the Russell 2000 falling 1.7% after being at the forefront of the post-election rally. Uh, the first uh, session of the trading week was uh, headlined by news from Vienna, where non-OPEC producers agreed to reduce their output by 558,000 barrels per day. In addition, a Saudi official indicated that his country may implement a larger cut than was agreed to on November 30th. Crude oil surged to a fresh 2016 high on the news, but pulled back as the week wore on to end the week with a modest game. Equity indices surged on Tuesday as the Fed began its two-day meeting, which concluded with a Wednesday rate hike. However, in addition to increasing the Fed funds target range by 25 basis points, the FOMC signaled uh, the intention to raise rates three times in 2017, which was up from market expectations for two rate hikes. Let me now turn to the economic projections that were submitted for this meeting by committee participants. As always, they conditioned their projections on their own individual views of appropriate monetary policy, which in turn depend on each participant's assessment of the multitude of factors that shape the outlook. The median projection for growth of inflation-adjusted gross domestic product rises from 1.9% this year to 2.1% in 2017 and stays close to 2% in 2018 and 2019, slightly above its estimated longer run rate. The median projection for the unemployment rate stands at 4.7% in the fourth quarter of this year. Over the next three years, the median unemployment rate runs at 4.5%, modestly below the median estimate of its longer-run normal rate. Finally, the median inflation projection is 1.5% this year and rises to 1.9% next year and 2% in 2018 and 2019. Overall, these economic projections are very similar to those made in September. GDP growth is a touch stronger the unemployment rate is a shade lower, and inflation beyond this year is unchanged. Returning to monetary policy, the committee judged that a modest increase in the federal funds rate is appropriate in light of the solid progress we have seen toward our goals of maximum employment and 2% inflation. We continue to expect that the evolution of the economy will warrant only gradual increases in the federal funds rate over time to achieve and maintain our objectives. That's based on our view that the neutral nominal federal funds rate, that is the interest rate that is neither expansionary nor contractionary and keeps the economy operating on an even keel, is currently quite low by historical standards. With the federal funds rate only modestly below the neutral rate, we continue to expect that gradual increases in the federal funds rate will likely be sufficient to get to a neutral policy stance over the next few years. This view is consistent with participants' projections of appropriate monetary policy. 
The median projection for the federal funds rate rises to 1.4% at the end of next year, 2.1% at the end of 2018, and 2.9% by the end of 2019. Compared with the projections made in September, the median path for the federal funds rate has been revised up just a quarter of a percentage point. Only a few participants altered their estimate of the longer-run normal federal funds rate, although the median edged up to 3%. Of course, the economic outlook is highly uncertain, and participants will adjust their assessments of the appropriate path for the federal funds rate in response to, ch to changes to the economic outlook and associated risks. As many observers have noted, changes in fiscal policy or other economic policies could potentially affect the economic outlook. Of course, it is far too early to know how these policies will unfold. Moreover, changes in fiscal policy are only one of the many factors that can influence the outlook and the appropriate course of monetary policy. In making our policy decisions, we will continue, as always, to assess economic conditions relative to our objectives of maximum employment and 2% inflation. As I've noted on previous occasions, policy is not on a preset course. Finally, we will continue to reinvest proceeds from maturing Treasury securities and principal payments from agency debt and mortgage-backed securities. As our statement says, we anticipate continuing this policy until normalization of the level of the federal funds rate is well underway. The FOMC decision uh, and guidance weighed on uh, treasuries and boosted uh, the dollar, uh, selling in the 10-year note, pushed its uh, yield to 2.6% from last Friday's 2.47%, while the US dollar index jumped to around 1.3% to its best level since early 2003. Uh, the past week uh, saw increased uh, trading volume due to Wednesday's FOMC decision, but uh, participation is expected to be on the decline going into the last two weeks of the year. During the week, we talked to Sam Stovall, Chief Strategies Officer at CFRA, and this is what he expects for the year to come for U.S. equities. First of all, Sam, I would like to ask you, um, is, is this Trump effect that we are seeing on U.S. equities here to stay? And, and it's going to push U.S. equities into uh, a center rally towards the year end? I, I do believe that um, the market can continue its upward um, trajectory. You know, we can end up with a Santa Claus rally. Mm -hmm. What I don't, what I don't think is sustainable is the uh, angle of ascent. You know, if you look at the stock market's performance, it's basically basically going straight up, mm -hmm. and. I think that is unsustainable. Um, based on earnings growth expectations and uh, inflationary forecasts, we could end up seeing the S&P up, you know, in the mid to high single digits for all of next year. Mm -hmm. um, so whatever happens in December, we'll be taking from what we think we'll be getting in the coming year. 
Uh-huh. And and what's your what's your S&P 500 target for for 2017 right now? Because uh, JP Morgan expects like uh, an increase overall over the year of 9%. Uh, Goldman Sachs, if I'm correct, it's around uh, around 5%. Uh, where do you see the, the S&P 500 next year by the by the year end? Uh, we don't have an official target. Uh-huh. Uh, use, using a model that I have that combines earnings forecasts with uh, inflation expectations. Mm -hmm. uh, it says that fair value could be uh, at 232340 mm -hmm. for the S&P 500. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's not our official forecast. Okay. Yeah, we have to, our investment policy committee has to vote on the official forecast. Uh-huh. And, and why, why do you think that... Uh, We have seen uh, the market so so cheerful with, with the incoming administration. Uh, do you think it is going to be such a sweet deal as as we think for U.S. equities uh, with when when the when the Trump administration uh, takes uh, takes over on January 20th? No, I don't. Um, I think that um, with Trump, there is definitely um, the opportunity for change. Mm -hmm and um, tax reduction programs, um, infrastructure spending initiatives, mm -hmm. and uh, repatriation of earnings efforts will likely be introduced. Mm -hmm. But we still have a pretty conservative Congress uh -huh. who, sure. who acknowledges that uh, our debt to GDP is around 100%. Yeah, and uh, I think that they would require that um, that whatever programs are initiated are uh, you know like net neutral in terms of debt, mm -hmm. or even better would would bring more money into the uh, tax coffers. Uh huh. So so I don't I don't think a fifteen percent tax rate will be doable. I think something more like 22 to 25% tax rate is more likely to occur. Uh -huh. And so uh, when, when we look ahead and after all the, the proposals from the Trump administration uh, in the economic side, we also see like a stronger dollar, a higher inflation, and, and, and the Fed will probably have to adjust the rates uh, somehow faster than, than expected. But uh, It seems that this situation it will be well managed if uh, if, if if the economic growth uh, picks up. But what what will happen if the economic growth doesn't doesn't tag along? Uh, can we see some kind of trouble for not only for equities but for the economy as a whole? Well, I think that um, if we don't expect everything that that Trump said he was going to do to come mm -hmm. true then I don't think that the dollar will end up remaining as strong as it has, has become. Mm -hmm. I don't think that the expectations for a much more aggressive Fed would be warranted. Mm -hmm. uh, and as a result, I don't think you're going to have dramatic uh, upward pressure on inflation. Oh, makes, so, makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know, my belief is that Um, stocks will probably still end up being the preferred asset class. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, I think that the 
price appreciation potential is in the mid single digits, not not the double digits, which is what the uh, market trajectory is forecasting now. Uh-huh. And and what do you think is going to be the trajectory of of the Federal Reserve? Because it seems that that they're going to raise the rates uh, by 25 basis points on December 14. But what what do you think it's going to do? It, they are going to do uh, looking ahead in 2017. Well, I think the I think 2017 will be the new 2016. Uh-huh. What I mean by what I mean by that is at the beginning of 2016, mm-hmm. everybody pretty everybody pretty much thought that the Fed would raise rates four times, mm-hmm. um, and it seems as if they're only going to raise rates once. Oh, that makes so, sense. So, um, prior to um, the election, mm-hmm. uh, our eco- our economists were forecasting that the Fed will raise rates twice in mm-hmm. 2017. Um, I think that now becomes a range of two to four times. So, um, as I was saying, I, I think that it ends up becoming a range of two to four times, not just two times. Uh huh. Okay. And um, also, um, do you see do you see any exhaustion or or overvaluation on on U.S. equities right now? Because it seems since, since uh, March 2019. Um, Oh, there's been this kind of a bullish uh, uh, kind of ascent for U.S. equities, and even if we have seen some years that has been a little bit more more weak, uh, we keep going forward and we keep uh, uh, going up. Uh, there's there's any any time for a for a cycle change somehow? Well, I, I think that you're the good one because. If this bull market ended last Friday, which was the most recent all-time high, mm-hmm. it would it would have it would be the second most expensive bull market top since World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, the PE and trailing 12 months earnings is 27. Uh huh. Yeah. Wow. Um, and the prior uh, peak was 32, just mm-hmm. before the tech bubble burst. Uh huh. So, you know, 11 other bull markets, um, let's see, uh, 10 other bull markets uh, were uh, less expensive than this one when they peaked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that investors are ignoring history right now mm-hmm. uh, and obviously doing so at their own peril. Mm-hmm. Um, but what causes them to feel optimistic is the um, V, like the letter V, shaped mm-hmm. recovery in earnings. Yeah. We had a we had a low point at the first quarter of this year, down almost 7% year over year. Mm-hmm. Um, yet for all of 2017, the forecast is remaining stubbornly high at 12%. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and in each of the last 20 quarters, mm-hmm. the actual earnings have exceeded the beginning of quarter estimates yeah. by almost four percentage points. So, meaning um, we expected the third quarter mm-hmm. that was basically now finished up, we expected earnings to be up, uh, oh, I'm sorry, down 1%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
um, yet they're, they actually came in up 4%. Uh -huh. So the actuals beat estimates by 5 percentage points. And I think that that's what um, uh, analysts are sort of crossing their fingers for in the mm -hmm. year ahead is getting this kind of outperformance. Uh -huh. Because then it would justify the higher trailing PEs because um, it would make the forward PEs closer in line with history. Uh-huh, makes make sense. And, and also, Sam, um, when, when we look uh, outside the, um, the U.S., uh, we, we're going to see a lot of, of risks uh, coming, especially from, from Europe, with the Italy referendum, Germany and France election. Uh, how, how this could affect the U.S. equities? Uh, because right now it seems that we are somehow shielded from, from, from these scenarios uh, under an administration that seems it's going to be more American center than globalized center. Right. Well, um, I think a lot of people have been saying that the U.S. is the best house on a bad block <laughs> uh, for the last eight years. Um, we've had the um, S&P beat the MSCI EFA. Mm -hmm. um, either beat or tie it uh, in every, each one of the eight years. Uh -huh. um, so I can't help but think of the phrase reversion to the mean. Uh -huh. um, and I think that um, so I think that there will come a time shortly in which international investments actually represent a nice buying opportunity. Mm -hmm. People are so worried about them. Makes sense. Uh, on a rolling 10-year compound annual growth basis, mm -hmm. we are now pretty close to the uh, the low seen in February of 2009. Uh -huh. um, so, um, you know, my feeling, and when you look at P.E. ratios, when you look at dividend yields, Uh, mm -hmm. International investments look a lot more attractive than the U.S. does. So, you know, while in the near term I could see why people say, no, I don't want to go anywhere near the foreign markets because they're mm -hmm. pretty risky, but mm -hmm. that's usually the period in which you want to start nibbling because nobody likes them. Oh, makes sense. Yeah, of course. Uh, and, and then um, also, uh, which uh, sectors uh, here in the U.S.? Uh, do you see more profitable and more benefited under under the, the incoming administration that will will take over in in January? Well, I think we rightfully so are seeing an improvement in the cyclical sectors. Mm -hmm. um, historically, the market is much stronger November through April mm -hmm. versus May through October. You've heard the old saying of sale in May? Yeah, and go away. Okay. Well, the market, <laughs> is, the market has risen about 7% on average from November through April mm -hmm. versus only 1.5% from May through October. Yeah. While, while the defensive sectors like consumer staples and healthcare do best May through October, it's the cyclical sectors consumer discretionary, industrials, materials, and technology that do the best for
from November through April. Mm -hmm. um, so I think just from a seasonal perspective, those sectors that are doing well you know, are, are the right ones. Mm -hmm. But you can also add, you know, the, Trump, the bump from Trump uh, for the financials because, mm -hmm. because of the likely easing of regulate, regulatory pressures, mm -hmm. a potential steepening of the yield curve, mm -hmm. which could benefit net interest income for mm -hmm. the banks. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's see. But but right now, just like the small caps and just like uh, other areas that have taken off like a a rocket launch, mm -hmm. I think the finance the trajectory of the financials advance since election day is not sustainable. Okay. Oh, that makes. Sense. And so I think we need to see a digestion there too. Uh, mm -hmm. Before we can come up with a trajectory that I think, um, you know, is something that we can that can be maintained. Uh -huh. And and some, just a, a last question. Um, as for now, it seems that the market have that like this sweet deal with with um, with the incoming administration. We talk about uh, some of the of the uh, proposals there. But do you think that uh, once we start throwing their political matters on the table as immigration, as uh, what's going to happen with, with really with, with trade. Are we going to take a, 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 that protectionist uh, uh, stand uh, that maybe the, the, the mood in the market towards the Trump administration will, will change somehow? Well, that's possible, but probably not until... Uh, that sell in May period I was talking mm. about <laughs> because the, the first hundred days is known as the honeymoon period. Uh -huh. uh, usually the market does relatively well mm -hmm. in that um, end of January through end of April time frame. Uh -huh. um, and, um, but then I think that reality might end up setting in that you know mm -hmm. Trump's not going to be able to do all the things that he says he wants to do uh -huh. um, and yes um, he might get some you know offers of heated rhetoric mm -hmm. regarding immigration which would have a negative impact on consumer staples stocks it's the last full week that the markets are open before the holidays and more likely than not it will be a quiet one. On Monday US Federal Reserve Chair Janet Yellen speaks at the University of Baltimore following the decision to hike rates for just the second time in a decade. Also the Electoral College casts their ballots and will officially confirm the election of Donald Trump as the next US President. Over the week the US government will issue its final reading of the third quarter gross domestic product, which it had most recently pinned at 3.2%, and companies like Leaner, Nike, and Rite Aid will release their earnings. And as usual, we will keep you posted on how markets react to all these here at Weekly Co. with Jose De Haro. Remember, you can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and at weeklycowithjosedeharo.com. Thanks again for listening to us, and have an amazing week.